You're listening to the Small Business Talk podcast with Kathy Smith. Small Business Talk is a podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want a better way to run their businesses without spending years doing it the hard way. Small Business Talk is hosted by Kathy Smith, who has run the same marketing agency for more than 17 years and helped hundreds of business owners achieve their marketing goals. Welcome to Small Business Talk, episode 128. Today, my special guest is E.A. Solkovitz, and I hope I haven't butchered that terribly badly. You nailed it. So welcome, E.A. Thank you so much for having me on your great podcast, and you nailed the last name. In fact, if I ever forget how to say it, do you mind if I call you and say, how did you say that? Because it was perfect. Excellent. And E.A. is from the Giver University, and our topic today is why givers earn three times more than takers. And I'll just tell you a little quick thing just before we get into it. My very most favorite book is The Go-Giver. So there you go. That's a spectacular book and we love it. But even though the information in that book is excellent, we've actually used a much more granular approach into the how-tos, which I look forward to being able to share some great informational nuggets with your listeners. Fantastic. So let's get into it. So why do givers earn three times more than takers? As we say in Givers University, givers earn three times more because givers discern three times more. And we teach something that simply is not being taught anywhere else. Think about the fires that you stomp out each day. Think about the times during the day when your stress level spikes and goes straight through the roof. Think about the conversations you have during the day where at the end of the conversation, you barely remember what you talked about, but you do know one thing for sure. You have no more energy left. They drained it all from you. Those three things, Kathy, all have one thing in common. There's a name attached to them. So what we do is we teach people how to separate the person who we love from their deeds, which we may not love. And then begin to discern who should I have in my life or who shouldn't I have in my life based on observing certain aspects and deeds. These are the things to look for that they will be doing. Watch these things. And when you see them, you can begin to discern, should I pull this person closer into my life and become a part of what we call our giver community? Or... Should I begin to respectfully distance myself? Because if I bring them closer, my stress level is going up. I'm going to be stomping out fires not of my making, and my energy is going to be drained all the time. Now, I'm a self-improvement person. I'm positive you are, and I'm sure many of your listeners are. I love it. I'm a self-improvement geek. I'm into it. But one thing that no one's teaching us is, other than Givers University, what about the other guy? What if he's not doing it right? What should I do about that? couple of interviews back, one gentleman said, you know, this is really great stuff. I love this. And I just read a book that said we should have five good people. I said, you're absolutely right. You should have five good people around you. Question for you, which five? No one's <laughs> teaching us how to discern which five. And there's where we've really used a granular approach into the deeds. If right now, Kathy, you had maybe itchy eyes and a runny nose, from those observing those symptoms, I could begin to discern, well, you might have a cold. I'm not able to see the cold, but the cold causes those symptoms, which I can observe. Supplant those symptoms with deeds. And we teach people, these are the actual deeds you should be watching and looking for. Now you can begin to decide, do they have a cold or not? Is this someone I want to pull in closer or should I respectfully distance myself? Why do we want to have givers close to us? 
because givers bring with the three W's of a giver, and that's wisdom, wealth, and wellness. Why don't we want to have takers close to us? Takers bring with them the three D's of takers, which are defeatism, disruption, and destruction. And when we use the term giver, we're not labeling a person. We don't label people. We love everybody. We're labeling the deeds. So when we say giver, we're actually identifying giver deeds. When we say taker, we're identifying taker deeds. So we teach something that's not being taught anywhere else. And that's why givers earn three times more. They have a skill set that's not being taught. And it's an observation skill set by virtue of checklists we teach. So do you think in the same person that they can actually be a giver and a taker depending on who they're with? Absolutely correct. In fact, you nailed it. We have identified statistically that about 20% of the population are givers. You put them in any situation, Kathy, doesn't matter what the situation is. In a short period of time, they will begin to figure out a way to give to it. They'll contribute. They'll invest in it. They'll help it. They'll be the first one to step forward and say, I'll do that. Those are the givers. By contrast, the other extreme are the takers. These are the people, Kathy. Put them in any situation. In a short period of time, they will begin to craft a way to take from it spiritually, mentally, morally, emotionally, financially. They're wired that way. Now, we have 20% on one side, 20 on the other, and that leaves 60%. Those 60% in the middle, we identify them as what we call fencers because they sit on the fence. They act like givers when they're with givers. They act like takers when they're with takers. They can be great relationships, but we need to manage them. We need to manage them closely and keep an eye on them. Ideally, we want to surround ourselves with exclusively givers, even though that's a scenario that is very, very difficult to do and it takes years to develop those kinds of relationships. So fencers can be great relationships, but you got to keep an eye on them. They'll switch on you. They'll go to the other side of the fence pretty quick. And we actually teach, by the way, and this is an important point. When someone is a taker, remember we're identifying not the person, but the deeds. We actually teach a way to do what we call a data reset. Data is an acronym, stands for declare and turn around. D-A-T-A, and become more giverish and less takerish through their deeds and by observing certain things that they're even doing themselves. We don't believe a taker is a taker eternally. It's a choice they're making, maybe even by default, if you will, because they're not realizing that they're in that mode. So that was going to be my question. Do takers always know that they are takers? So conversely, do givers always know that they are givers? It's a funny thing. When we begin teaching the skill set that we teach, I use the example, when you're getting ready to buy a green car, all of a sudden you see all the green cars on the street. They were always there. Our attention and our awareness wasn't focused on those green cars. So the same is true when we provide that are very much in that green car scenario because we're pointing their awareness at the deeds, something that people don't do today. They don't pay attention to what they're doing and observe these things. And there's commonalities. And these commonalities weren't just overnight. They were taught to me by my business mentor. And I can share with you that over two years, I interviewed on my radio talk show back in the 90s, over 1,000 millionaires. I interviewed 1,000 millionaires and looked for those commonalities and the things that were common in their life. Combine that with what my business mentor taught me for years, and that became the foundation of Givers University and what we teach. So can you give us one tip that all those millionaires had? Well, these are people from all backgrounds, different time periods, if you will, different industries, didn't even know each other. A couple of things that were very fascinating to me was one, they all, without exception, Kathy, they all had a time period in their life where everything told them to stop. Don't do the next step. Don't do it. Stop their family, their friends, business, industry, economics, everything was saying, do not do the next step. And a few of them actually said the next thing to me, not even knowing each other. 
They said the same words. They said, you know, I actually at that time took the next step to see what else could go wrong because I was wondering if I had missed anything. <laughs> it was, I, I, took the, <laughs> I took the next step out of curiosity because I was wondering, is there anything else that could possibly go wrong? The interesting, they all said that same thing that was phenomenal to me. It was interesting. They all had that time period where they did that next step. And then they all said the following thing. When they did that next step, everything started to click almost on its own. They said it was almost weird how temporary defeat exited their life and decided to go try to screw up someone else's life and left theirs. And now it was almost effortless in some ways and how things began to click and come together on their own. And with a thousand separate millionaires, to me, that was an astonishing. And it was in concert with what my business mentor taught me. And that was every adversity in life carries with it the seed of an equal or a greater benefit. It's up to us to move aside the leaves and then see those seeds that are always there when wisdom begins to supplant impetuousness and we begin to really grasp what temporary defeat means to us in our life, we actually will begin to welcome it and even embrace it. And when I said to people, they look at me like I just grew a second head. And I said, I'm telling you, when you understand that the seeds are there, the seeds you needed to go to the next step, you need that temporary defeat. My business mentor said, do not say failure, supplant it with temporary defeat. A failure is too eternal. When you say it, it makes it eternal. And he said, when you have a temporary defeat, when you stand up, you're going to realize you got a first down. He said, don't use failure. You're throwing yourself out of the game. He said, stay in the game. So all of these little seeds are things. So those are a couple of interesting commonalities I saw through all those interviews. Fantastic. There's only winners and learners. And we have that choice to learn or to go wham, 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 look at how bad everything's tasting to me. Deferring to my business mentor, he said, don't look for the answers. He says, people live upside down. The answers are always, always there. They're always there. He said, you don't have to look for them. Focus on the right question. People ask the wrong question. And since our lives become self-fulfilling prophecies, they're surprised when they get the answer to the question that they didn't want that answer, but they asked for it. Always focus on asking the right questions and you'll always have the right answers. Fantastic. So a couple of things there. Diamonds are always made under pressure. For sure. And many other things have to be under pressure to actually perform and be made. And the answer thing is very pertinent because we get what we wish for. It's just a case of sometimes we didn't actually want what we wished for. Yeah, it's true. Our lives become truly self-fulfilling prophecies because our freedom of choice and our freedom of choice. In fact, I did a little clip and the one this week air is, uh, is called You Do This 35 Times a Minute. It's a two-minute clip. And what I identify there is was so astonishing that experts have found out that we have 35 separate conversations in our mind with ourselves every single minute. That's 50,000 conversations a day. If you figure that then by the months of the year, we have 18,250,000 separate, tiny little conversations with ourselves in our own mind. And when we learn that we are self-fulfilling prophecies and we begin to deliberately discern and with discernment, we control those thoughts and the things we're thinking and we modify them instead of saying, 
how come nothing ever good happens in my life? Guess what? There's the question. And guess what? The answer is nothing good's going to ever happen in their life. When I wanted to meet my mentor, I threw it out there and it was ignorance. I literally, when I say puritanically, it was ignorance in that I didn't know I was asking the right question. Didn't even know what a mentor was. I spent my hooked on phonics money. So I didn't even know what it was. And uh, here, here I'm thinking to myself, I need to meet someone who can teach me what I don't know. Cause I don't even know what I don't know. So I simply asked, where's my mentor? And it wasn't Ray Kroc, but it's someone he mentored had an impact on me. And that's why I said, I need to find someone like that. And I found my mentor, Sam Robbins, and he dramatically changed the trajectory of my life. Fantastic. And I think sometimes it just, you need to know where to aim. So by asking for Ray Kroc, that was a good indicator of where you needed to aim. And of course, Confucius says, if you aim at nothing, you will always win. Exactly right. Yeah. One of the famous hockey players said that I never missed any of the shots I didn't take. And a couple of things we want to share with your listeners, and I'll give them a couple of the nuggets that are on the checklist that we give them. First, they can find out about us by going to Givers, it's plural, GiversUniversity.com. And on every page, you're going to see a place to sign up for our newsletter. And then immediately they'll get a download that's called The Six Arrows That Takers Shoot at Givers. And it's actually a little checklist that they can download and begin to use. And one of the arrows on there, just to share with your listeners, is we say one of the arrows you want to watch for in observing someone is when a person in the conversation and you see them do it over and over again, they will many, many times switch from a fact-based high moral ground conversation to a low moral ground personal attack. They'll say phrases like, you don't know what you're talking about. See, they're identifying you rather than staying on the information on the facts, right? You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know me. You don't know the information. They have to switch to the personal attack because they're no longer able to stay on the high moral ground of fact-based information. So those are some of the things we begin to teach. Observe people doing this because you'll see them doing that. Whereas a giver won't do that. They'll stay locked in on, well, let's take a look at this. You know, Teach me about what you're talking about. They'll have a whole, totally different approach. A couple days later, they're going to receive when they subscribe a great checklist. I love this one. It's called the 25 do's. Kathy, this is a two-page checklist of the 25 actual deeds, 25 do's that you can look at and look at what people do. One of the things on there you we'll see as an example, a giver is always willing to do the thing to get the thing. A taker is not. They're willing to do whatever is required of whatever needs to. The taker is not. The taker will always be shortcutting. They'll always look for a way to clip out of what really needs to be done in order to do something right. And it ends up being done inaccurately or inappropriately as the case would be. So we have this checklist. We want them to download it, put it in their pocket, use it because it's a great way to begin helping them discern who should I have closer and who should I begin respectfully distance myself in all aspects of my life. And that's why givers earn three times more than takers. Fabulous. So if you're doing those do's and you've gone through the list and you're seeing yourself as a taker, what would be your tips to maybe turning that around? First of all, begin an education process. Once they identify, one of the first things that would be so great for every single one, because I bet you your listeners right now are thinking, you know what? I have a family member who I really love. I really love them, but they're being a little takerish. And someone needs to have this conversation with them because this is not going where it needs to. And their family member, you love them. How do you broach the subject? Do you know, Kathy, one of the very best things is they could share a podcast called 
called Small Business Talk. And here's why. Your podcast is great mentoring, but here's what they can do that can really be a great way to broach a subject. They can say, you know what? I heard this great podcast. It was very thought-provoking, and they talked about things that usually aren't talked about today. And do me a favor. Why don't you listen to it? Tell me what you think about it. You see, you never know. That may open up their mind. And it's a great way through a third party to broach the subject to see if they begin to open up. And and next thing you know, you may have one less fire in your life. You have to stomp out because their mind got opened. To get an education, to have them begin with all of these things, Kathy, there's a self-awareness component that's built in. So when someone begins to observe other people, they automatically are looking at those things introspectively at the exact same time. And that helps them begin to open up and be, you know what? I really should be doing that. And I could see where I do. I shouldn't be necessarily doing that. I want to be as much giverish as I possibly can in my life. Fantastic. And that's a a really good thing when people are pointing with their fingers, because when you point, and this is obviously audio only, so I can't show you, but if you clench your fist together and then stick one finger out, you have one finger pointing at the person that you're pointing and three fingers pointing back at yourself. So definitely self-identification is a very big one. Absolutely. And as a, if I can, as a closing thought, I think this is one of the most important things I'd love to be able to convey to your listeners. And it's something my business mentor taught me. And he said, say these three things to you yourself every single day. And he began to teach me about these conversations I was having in my mind because, you know, I was the son of a milkman, burnt out janitor when I was 16 years old. I mean, you know, very humble upbringings. And he said, the first thing we have to do is rewire your thought process and then everything else will begin to change. And, and in your life, it'll begin to manifest differently. And he said, say these three things to yourself over and over every single day. And I did, and I have, and I do. And I share them with your listeners because it will have, if they begin doing it, it will have a great impact on their life. And these are the three things I'd like to close with. I will never give up. I will keep rising up and I will always overcome. Well, that really does sum it up, doesn't it? You can overcome anything if you're stubborn enough and you continue at it. So that is fantastic. So where can people find you, EA? Go to Givers University. It's again, plural, giversuniversity.com. And basically when they sign up for the newsletter, it's absolutely free. We're givers. We invest. That's what we do. We invest in relationships. We're nurturers. From that, they will find out about the courses we have and the series of courses and, and who Givers University is and go to Givers University on our YouTube channel. We have postings of interviews and the weekly discern episodes, which are only like two minutes in length, but they're meant to provoke thought and to help people begin to discern. We welcome them. Go to our newsletter, sign up. It's free. It's for everyone. And we walk our talk. Excellent. So we'll pop that all in the show notes. And as for thought provoking, I always ask my guests five questions. So I turn the tables on you. So are you game to answer them? Absolutely. What is the best advice you have been given to by a mentor? I would have to repeat, I will never give up. I will keep rising up and I will always overcome. That is the best advice I've received. I think that is gold. What is the biggest help you have received since starting your business? From my mentor and how I met him was an unusual story in the event. And and I can share with your listeners the importance of getting a mentor. Don't be afraid to say, I don't know. I want to learn and humble ourselves down as business people because people always want to look good and they always want to look right. I don't make mistakes. And there's you're so much more value in not being that way and just simply say, you know what? I'd like to learn that. Could you teach me about that? And don't be the sophomore know-it-all because that's never going to help. Get a mentor. Be discerning as to who your mentor is and then listen to him. 
Fantastic. I'm reading The Mindset at the moment by Carol Dewick. And in one paragraph, she talks about that, how she was a a child and that she was going to the movies with some people and they had gone further ahead of her. And she just froze. She couldn't actually ask for help or ask them to stop and wait for her. It was a, a fixed mindset. But she was saying exactly that. Remember that you don't know everything and that you do need to ask for help. And it's okay to do it. People are very respectful when you say, you know what, I don't know that. Could you teach me about that? It's a great way to have a conversation too. Definitely. What is the one thing that you have to do every day? You're non-negotiable. Read the Bible. I read the Bible cover to cover every single year and from the very beginning all the way through. And that is a non-negotiable thing. Terrific. What is your favorite business book and why? I would say that my favorite business book is would have to go back to what's called the law of success. Napoleon Hill was the author of Think and Grow Rich. And a lot of people don't realize he had actually written 13 books before then that was called The Laws of Success that later on was compressed into one book. And it's a pretty thick book. And I've read that book over 30 times. And it's an excellent, excellent book called The Laws of Success by Napoleon Hill. And the thing, even though it was decades and decades ago, everything in there is just as true today. It's amazing, isn't it? With things like Napoleon Hill and some other things that you see, it quite often you used to see paragraphs and you think, gee, that's really relevant. And then you'd find out it was written 50, 100 years ago, and it's still just as relevant today. It may be even more relevant sometimes. It's amazing. It really is. I think so, especially in our crazy world that is ever changing at the moment. Some of those old values and beliefs are really resurfacing. And our final question is, what do you wish you had known when you started out? I wish I would have known when I started out how important it was for me to be receptive to my business mentor and to listen to his wise counsel. There were so many times I did things, even when he told me, here's what's going to happen. For some reason, in my own impetuousness, I had to find out for myself exactly how much that was going to hurt. You know how he showed me so many times he was out for me, even when I wasn't out for me. So to be open-minded for those people, once we've discerned. Now, don't be open-minded towards the people who are going to be takerish because I just want to help you. And all they really want to do is pull you down. So to have the right people around you, be open-minded, get the mentor as soon as you possibly can and listen, listen and apply what they learn. Absolutely. And sometimes, unfortunately, we do have to make our own mistakes, even if we've been told not to and told what the consequences are. We still need to do. I've got the scars to prove it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all do. We all do. Sometimes emotional and sometimes physical and sometimes both. Across the board. (laughs) Fantastic. So thank you very much, EA. Do you have any final words that you think the SBT listeners should have when they're going on their giver journey? Share this podcast with others because it'll help you based on their response to Kathy's podcast. You will see based on their response, their openness and receptiveness. And even that will help you begin to discern. So share this podcast, provoke thought with other people and have them think of because being a best way to be a giver is to give this podcast, which doesn't cost anything free to someone else. And you never know how much it might cause them their productivity to go up, their stress level to go down, and they have more energy in their life every single day. Thank you, Kathy, for having me on your great, most awesome podcast. Thank you and appreciate your time. Until the next time, enjoy the journey. Don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk podcast and head on over to smallbusinesstalk.com.au forward slash downloads for all the show notes and links to this episode. 
Remember, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode, take action and implement it. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Until then, take action. And SPT community, enjoy your journey.